Hello, everyone, and welcome to New Consciousness Review. I'm Miriam Knight. Our guest today is Dr. Irina Matvekova. Irina is licensed in medicine, endocrinology, and clinical nutrition by the University of Minsk in Belarus, and she's a certified expert in eating disorders behavior. She's done postgraduate work in natural and holistic medicine. Irina is an internationally recognized teacher and lecturer in digestive health and functional nutrition, and she combines natural and conventional approaches to treatment. Dr. Matvekova is in the forefront of this field in Spain, where she lives, and today we're going to discuss her book, Digestive Intelligence, A Holistic View of Your Second Brain. Welcome, Irina. I'm so delighted to be speaking to you. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to, to be in your program. Thank you for inviting me. Now, tell me, why do you call the intestines our second brain? Sounds remarkable, but our digestive system has a very sophisticated design and has its own intelligence. Um, we know, all of us, that we sometimes have this gut feeling and uh, it is uh, sounds very uh, big, but inside of gut we have a second brain. And I refer to a gut neuronal center. We have an extensive network of neurons located between two muscular layers of the walls of digestive system. In medicine, we call it uh, enteric neurosystem or ENS. And uh, this structure, this network, has absolutely same identical neurons which we have in our high brain. Mm -hmm. uh, I was actually amazed to read in your book that we have more neurons in our gut than we have in our spinal cord. Yes, according to new scientific data, the total number of neurons found in a small intestine is more than 100 million. It's, it's really a huge network. Mm -hmm. So it's no, no surprise that uh, we really do get a lot of feedback from our gut as well as influencing it from what goes on in our lives. Exactly, exactly, because both of our brain produce similar chemical molecules, neurotransmitters and hormones, and those vital substances regulate our mood and emotions and physiological well-being. They are a group of essential molecules which ensure correct communication between all body cells and on the top of this news, it seems like the second brain, the digestive brain, it's our pipeline for the production and storing of these neurotransmitters. So the presence of such a wide uh, variety of neurotransmitters in our digestive system, this is a very clear indication that it is rich, complex, and has its own language and own emotions and can suffer own neurosis. Mm. In fact, um, 
when people suffer from depression, they take substances called SSRIs, which are serotonin uh, reuptake inhibitors. And you write that 90% of serotonin is actually created in the gut. That's, that's astonishing. That's right, and this is promising because our gut brain produces a whole sea of serotonin and uh, with those medicines, those drugs, uh, the serotonin reuptake inhibitors you refer, we regulate only 10% of our serotonin capacity and it's said to improve the patient's mood and control depression. Would you imagine if we can take advantage of this valuable resource we have in a, in a belly? So this is a challenge task for researchers. But we can already now start learning about our gut feelings and try to stimulate our potential of this uh, happy hormone. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, you know, we are in a on, almost epidemic of growing disturbances of the gut. I think of IBS, of Crohn's disease, celiac. They're becoming so widespread, even in our children. Um, why do you think that is happening now? Well, this is very good questions and it- it's, I can talk hours about it, <laughs> but you are right. Digestive pathology grows with a quantic speed in our Western world. And today, I would say every second adult suffers from some digestive troubles or upsets. And we cannot stop it. It's a, it's a lot of epidemic diseases, chronic diseases we are registering in medicine. That's for sure, I can say that many digestive problems can be explained by the malfunctioning of the uh, second brain or by interference in its communication with the higher brain. Always any digestive upset or pathology always has emotional component and physical one. And before we discovered second brain, we did not uh, pay attention to emotional representation, to the emotional manifestation of our gut. And now we are talking about this more seriously and we are treating this. Mm -hmm. And how are we going about treating it? Well, in, in the intestine, we have like, um, we can say the internal and external reality meets. There, we have the aspects of our personality. It used to say that our second brain is more authentic, more sincere, because it's escape control, mm-hmm. uh, social regulation. It is very intimate uh, feeling where could be... Uh, um, hide it, uh, fears, memories, obsessions, we need to unlock this. So from the pure medical point of view, we are talking about um, 
that it is psycho, uh, psycho-emotional disease or state and it's, it's psychologists and therapists treat it, try to relax, try to accommodate emotions we are hiding in our belly. But from the holistic point of view, we we need to assume that the 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 gut it is center of energy we need to respect and maybe to be back to the um, um to the books of natural medicine to the oriental philosophy which says that uh, we need to be gut centered to be centered in to be in contact with our internal energy it is uh, in Chinese medicine, traditional medicine, we say that it is a center of being or sea of chi. So uh, when we put emotions, when we um, increase tension inside of our digestive system, well, it manifests with um, physical disorders. So, so such as small steps like meditation, correct breathing, relaxation, even two, three days of good, healthy diet, and immediately digestive system uh, think is, gets thankful and, and gets better. It's, it has a remarkable capacity, plasticity to recover. So we just need to listen, to learn to listen to our gut and to to learn to interpret its signals and uh, what 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 it means, what this pain means, what this bloating means, and this is challenging from my point of view. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I explain myself. <laughs> yes, yes, it, indeed, you you covered a lot. We might want to break that down into subsections because <laughs> I know that um, we in the Western world are always looking yes. for quick fixes. So uh, you describe patients, you know, who have, um, let's say, constipation, and then they they start taking laxatives, and they get um, dependent on them. But they that only treats the symptoms; it doesn't really restore the the intestines to good health. And you take a very broad, holistic, integrative approach to to all the different factors that affect. Our, our intestinal health and our intestinal health affects our general health and our emotions. There's this feedback loop that you describe that I think most of us are not aware of. We, we always look to treat the symptoms instead of the underlying causes. So let's start with what are the basics of good intestinal health? You talk about things as simple as fiber, for example. Yeah, in in my professional opinion, the future is, as you said, not in symptomatic treatment. Future is in education and prevention. Each of us has to discover our health potential, learn how we function, and question what is causing this health problem. Let's be curious about how we how we design how and how to take care and prevent because uh, no doesn't exist unified formula of diet exercise or magic pill uh, we have to be self aware 
and regularly perform a technical inspection of our live vehicle. I always start any recommendation, any treatment. It's like initiation with detox, with um, detoxify body and nourish uh, liver, nourish uh, all digestive system. And to I insert those programs and I offer those programs to the people and I talk about this in my book. Digestive health, it's, it's uh, not only healthy eating and we also don't know how, how, what it is healthy eating. It's very confusing, all this amount of diets. But as you said, where to start? To start with, um, with good, um, uh, digestive cleansing as, 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 as to say to, to be sure that what we consume, what we are eating, what we are drinking, and what the toxins we are producing should be eliminated from the body appropriately, in time, and completely. And if it's not so, to help with some fiber, with some oils, with probiotics, with one of two days of special diet uh, filled with uh, juice, with... Uh, 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 vegetables and fruits. Um, it's not that complicated. Sometimes we're afraid. We say, oh no, when I will be having more time, I will do it. It's just two or three days per month or per week, as much as you can contribute to the digestive system. But that would be a very, very important step to obtain very nice cleansing and nourishing with fiber and probiotic. That I would recommend to everybody. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you point out that the the digestive tract is like a tube that needs to be kept clean so that um, we can actually absorb the nutrients from our diet. And um, you're a great... Uh, proponent of colonics. In fact, I was very amused when you described uh, King Louis XIV's passion for <laughs> them. <laughs> Actually, why don't you share that with our uh, listeners? Uh, the, the thought of having somebody blow liquid into his anus through a gold tube is just too precious to... Yes, that's that's how history of the describe us but this is logic because we use overeat and in modern society we keep to be overeating and with quite uh, um, and not moving enough so even good stuff good food in in high quality in 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 in, in bigger quantity uh when we consume and not waste this energy, it can turn to be toxic. So we have chronic toxemia. We always are uh, storing in our body some um, some products which are already rest. Uh, they are waste waste of the food toxins, bacteria, some liquids. So we need, we cannot change our life. We, we like to eat. So 
maybe we need to do something time by time to assure that all these tubes are clean and keep working well. Mm-hmm. And we know all of us, while starting from these historical uh, moments uh, which I describe in a book and you mentioned about this, that when we are we retaining uh, waste materials, when we retaining liquids, when we are we don't move enough and eat quite a lot of uh, fo- different food. We feel very heavy, very slow, irritated, um, lazy, and sleepy. So these are symptoms so general that we always say, okay, this is tiredness or whatever. No, this is already first symptoms of toxic overload. So why not we help ourselves? So as we cannot obtain everyday exercise, everyday fiber, and really moderation in eating. I propose to remember this antique tool as a colonic cleansing. And actually, now is growing interest to this treatment again, because in one hour, you can be get this detoxifying cleansing from inside. That is amazing. I mean, like, this is really good treatment to consider when you cannot carry with very healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So this is very profound irrigation with water. It is not dangerous. It is very, uh, it should be very accurately and softly done, but it allows to eliminate a lot of uh, toxic materials. That's why, and it is uh, after uh, this treatment, patient responds so well to any diet, any supplement, any medicine, if if it precise, because absorption is excellent, and everybody referred to the feeling of well-being. So that's why I cannot ignore it. It exists. It's not cure by itself, but it's excellent tool in treatment in prevention. Because also in congresses, in medical congresses, we say that the toxic materials can provoke cancer. So if we just get rid of these toxic materials regularly, once a year, we prevent it. So isn't it simple? Absolutely. Uh, you you describe the uh, modern lifestyle when you're in a rush, under stress, you don't have time to actually sit quietly and go to the bathroom. So these uh, these waste materials just build up and build up in your colon. You had um, diagrams of the most extraordinary deviations of the colon from their normal path. Uh, yeah due to uh, things like um, excess fat pushing them, uh, abdominal fat pushing them out of the way. And I guess if they're not in this kind of symmetrical loop, that pushing the waste out is even more difficult. So I can imagine that the colonics would be very helpful. You talk about people having emotional releases, yeah, that's that's really beautiful. This is fantastic. I mean, like, uh, not every uh, as I'm working in traditional environment, not, but I believe in everything. I'm very open to any medicines, any philosophies, and I believe that we have energy flow in a in a gut. I believe in meridians of the 
um, I believe in acupuncture and Chinese medicine and um, Japanese arts of of uh, healing. So I know that uh, cleansing of digestive system because it's huge. It's really very easy can be uh, saturated and. Uh, it's it's also provoke this flow of the energy and people really get more positive more and they 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 just uh, exclaim that okay i feel so happy i finally i could take decision i i see more clear things or i sleep better and uh, this is wonderful to hear i i always say whatever you enjoy it or no, or you suffer doing this detox program, detoxifying of your digestive system, but you always gain. Mm -hmm. Because and the only you eliminate is waste material. So you are not losing anything which you would need. Mm -hmm. And uh, people really getting better emotionally. You are right, absolutely. Now, you write that about 50% of our feces is made up of bacteria and their subproducts. Tell us about these little critters and what's their importance. I tell you that I'm amazed and every day in, in new science. I, I just came back from Miami from the next Congress, which was dedicated only for gut microbiota. The, the opinion leaders of the United States and other countries in digestive health uh, gathered together and during four days were talking only about those bacteria, Because we are more bacteria than human. We have 10 times more bacteria inside of our body than our own cells. And now we are talking, we, I'm astonished uh, of the latest news how our intestinal microbiota uh, if affects strongly to anything possible and everything which is related to our health. Now we are talking that uh, our pro, we, we use uh, uh, sequences of the genome of the bacteria in order to be healthy. That our that soon, very soon, probably we will get our bacterial identification code as if it would, if it would be proper, unique digital signature. We are so much depending from those bacteria that from them depend if we are toxic or no, if we will be depressed, if we will have cancer. Even now we are talking about influence of bacteria to mood and cognitive functions. It is fast-growing science, and we need just observe this science and read new discovery. But right now I propose already to take care about balance in our ecology, intestinal ecology. It's very important we will have good bacteria inside. And also it's very important it will not overgrow. So when it is constipation and slow elimination of the waste material, and as you said, half of the visible uh, feces is our bacteria. So they multiply, they grow, they in 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 our digestive system, and it could be could bring harm to our health. I was surprised that you said that the principal food 
for these bacteria is actually insoluble fiber. Exactly. Exactly. That is why we need to be clear about what is fiber, how, what kind of the fiber we should be eating and how to understand it because it's very general uh, recommendation. You should eat more fiber. But uh, what is this? Where we we have fiber? More in fruit, more in vegetables and grain. And many people complain that they cannot eat it because they feel very bloated and very heavy. So, but we, it is art to combine in diet different fiber. And this, and because when we eat just fruit and vegetables, we digest it, we use it for us. But those good bacteria need also some insoluble, insoluble, this combination of two, two types of the fiber in order to, to, to be healthy and to eat. As well. So, give us an example, some examples of of both soluble fiber and insoluble fiber, and what do the two do differently? It's, yeah, it's very curious. For example, we are, probably you know absolutely that the general recommendation is to be healthy, to prevent cancer of colon, and to to have to prevent cholesterol raise you need to eat fiber and the recommendation is from 20 to 25 gram of fiber per day but this recommendations means pure fiber which gets to intestine and to give you example to get two gram of the pure fiber which will end feeding our good bacteria for that you need to eat two kilos of fresh vegetables. So we are, we are really confused. We think that with one portion of the salad, we are, we are done. But it's not true. That's why uh, the soluble fiber is vegetable and fruit because it has water and it uh, can be easily digested by and assimilated by our own body. And only minimal part of vegetable and fruit fiber, which is just skin of some some of this uh, type of the vegetables and fruits, we are not processing, and we we give it to to our bacteria, to say simply. So it's not enough. So we need to add some non-soluble fiber, which could be. Which, which proceed from grain. It could be wild rice, it could be whole grain cereals, but those, but in a, in a very moderate amount, because they, those kinds of um, foods and this kind of fiber, we are not able to digest. So it goes like a brush, it goes like cleaning from the mouth to the end, and uh, our bacteria take advantage of those ones. So we always need to combine something from grain, from legumes, from uh, uh, cereals, combining with lots, lots of vegetables and some fruit, but I'm not really recommending to eat too, too much fruit. Mm-hmm. So uh, you also recommend things like psyllium and flax uh, seed, yeah, 
Yeah, this is because that's exactly I try I try to give answers to the busy people because obviously we cannot eat every day two kilos of the vegetables and sometimes it's no time or no no wish to eat it. So the supplements with with psyllium husk seeds with flax seeds it is more concentrated and more ready to nourish our um, digestive mucose and uh, and our bacteria, good bacteria in the intestine. So mm-hmm. I always recommend right. to take at least two, three grams of um, psyllium per day in, in diluted in water. Or so that is what, like two teaspoons or tablespoons? It is like, it is like one, um, yes, it is one teaspoon, a little bit... Um, one teaspoon, it is like five grams. Yeah, it's, it's half of teaspoon or teaspoon a day diluted in, 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 in water. This is minimum that we, we need for, to prevent and to nourish. Mm-hmm. If somebody has problem with constipation or with bloating or with, with slow function of digestion, it could be a double. It could be like a tablespoon soup. Mm-hmm. And flax seeds, it's easy to also. It's very easy to get in water to because when you leave it in water, it it gets more. Um, I don't like know. Like a gel. Mm-hmm. Like a gel, exactly. So this is really, really important um, nourishment for us. It has um, a property to to calm and to to regenerate anything which has to be regenerated in all these long digestive um, path we are having. Mm-hmm. Now, you you describe some of the problems that can occur when the intestines do not get proper nutrition and uh, you get a toxic buildup and you get something called leaky gut syndrome. Tell us how that happens. And what exactly. This is very important problem. We are, and it is also a topic of the conventional medicine, not only holistic and complementary medicine. It means that when we, I, I always try to explain simple to my patients, and when you have toxic material stuck to your uh, very gentle mucous layer of your digestive system, it is permanent irritation and this permanent saturation and it is permanent attack of more acidic, more aggressive uh, uh, material because with time being there stuck in our belly, it gets more acidic and more aggressive and more filled with bad bacteria. So when it is permanent irritation without cleaning nor neither healing, the mucus, this is layer, this is very fine layer of our digestive mucus. Uh, it gets gets uh, like small holes. It gets leakier. So from these small uh, holes, it's some part of toxins, some part of bacteria, of fungi from protozoa uh, can trespass easily to the blood flow and from there we can start with allergy with uh, food intolerance with different uh, general health problems um, 
arthritis or autoimmune problems. And because the immune system of our blood, it is overloaded with new molecules entering and it needs to defense from anything which is new and when it is door open and toxins can trespass to the blood, it, uh, it affects everything, all the body and even mind, even brain. And it's very, especially very uh, strongly um, manifest in, in, in small kids, in children. So we need to close this inflammation to repair, to regenerate uh, this barrier, this is, and because we are like hollow inside of us, it is external world, not internal, which is trust, which is inside of the digestive tube. There are food, bacteria. This is not us. We need to be protected from this, um, digestive, uh, lumen. And when it is leaky, it is really a problem. And now in medicine, we are talking that leaky gut syndrome could be reason of asthma, of uh, arthritis, of lupus, of, of eczema, psoriasis, uh, and many other things. And uh, that is very important to, to, to return to the root of the problem. The root of the problem is your digestive health. It is the way you are eating, the way you are taking care about digestive function. And this is really a very um, holistic point of view, which I observe now in conventional medicine, because now even traditional and classical doctors, they know when it is asthma, when it is a very uh, strong allergic problem or autoimmune problem, they already know that we need to go to the gut and we need to prescribe probiotics and we need to talk about diet. And this is lovely. This is a very, it's great because before we were few, uh, um, few doctors talking about holistic medicine and now I think all the medicines is changing and leaky gut syndrome gets to be topic and this is very very important complication of the, uh, the toxics the accumulation in our gut in our colon in our large intestine so we have to clean it we have to to to, to clean it and to nourish it and to really be conscious about what we are eating and how often we are going to to, um, to, to go to the bathroom and how we are going to teach our kids to do it. This is, this is future and this is modern medicine. Yes, yes. Just um, a while ago, we interviewed Dr. Len Saputo, um, whose wife was suffering from leaky gut syndrome. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess this was probably about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, modern medicine had nothing to offer her. And that was what put him on the road to alternative medicine. Well, maybe I'm too optimistic, but I, I, of course, it's not the still, it's not that revolutionary change in modern medicine, but I'm so happy to observe 
that more and more um, classical doctors accept. And I tell you that again, this example of this international congress Mm -hmm. of American Association of Gastroenterology in Miami last month, and we were talking about uh, leaky gut syndrome. So it is we are raising this. Topic. We are talking about this uh, among the doctors, so it will be soon accepted. But this mm-hmm. is huge problem, and still, you are right. Solution: it is more alternative than and more complementary than conventional one. And in fact, I like the term integrative because uh, this Absolutely. is something that you do. You integrate Absolutely. the best of alternative medicine with. Uh, conventional medicine. The good news is that, as you point out in your book, the this layer, this barrier mm-hmm. in our intestine between the outside world and us um, can regenerate itself within four or five days. Is that exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. It, is, it is, has incredible plasticity and capacity to heal itself, to regenerate. It's amazing. It just it just ask us just do a little bit for me. Do something for me, and then <laughs> I will answer. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 lovely because that's why people really nice detoxifying and diet, and they are already better. As uh, it's very very nice system in terms of capacity to be to regenerate, to to heal, to. To, to close all these small wounds and um, ulcers or whatever it has after after treatment. It's it's really nice to work with this system. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about the connection between toxicity and cancer. How does that happen? Well, every um, we have like hundred uh, one thousand five hundred. Different space, different type of bacteria, and in our um, digestive system, and there are some good, some are not so good. With some of bacteria, we are uh, having symbiosis, and we have good collaboration. And other one doing some harm to us, and we are fighting them. But each uh, strain produce some toxic materials by and also the 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 the, the rest of the meat the rest of the, of the fat we were eating uh, is once it is in in colon in 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 large intestine mixed with bacteria it it gets decayed it gets very toxic so those toxins can normally are absorbed and uh, captured by liver to be detoxified, to be not spread all over the body, and then to be eliminated with bile. This is our system. Our liver is the main factory and main filter to stop any toxic um, internal or external molecules which could make some harm or, or provoke some uh, mutation of the cells like cancer. But sometimes the load of the toxic material external because of bad eating and internal because of 
overproduction of proper toxic byproducts of bacteria. It is so huge load of all these toxins that liver cannot uh, do all this work so perfectly. And when toxins uh, escape liver control, they can be accumulated in the lymphatic uh, vessels. And this is, uh, this is dangerous because, for example, in the breast, we have a lot of lymphatic vessels and in different um, parts of the body. If, if in lymph, in lymphatic vessels, we accumulate too much of toxins for too long time, this could be triggering point for start of cancer. Mm-hmm. So what we propose also to take care about the liver and sometimes to to nourish it to, and to stimulate this bile flow in order all these toxins will go out. And there is, uh, it is you, you did good comments that still complementary medicine is leading in many things because I was in one of the congress uh, dedicated to to breast cancer. And it was some uh, reports, medical reports, that in lymphatic liquid of the women uh, with breast cancer was found toxins of intestinal bacteria. And the, from 2,000 women of some of clinical study, they found out that um, more than half of these women were uh, suffering from chronic constipation. So now we, we see the very clear link. We can have some genetic predisposition, we can have some family history, but it's not karmic. We it's all depends how we live, how we take care, we how we detoxify ourselves. So intestinal toxemia could lead not only to cancer of colon, which is direct influence, but to any other a chronic degenerative disease as cancer it is. So it is very important to see connection between gut health, gut cleansing, and general quality uh, of life. Mm-hmm. That is fascinating. Now, you mentioned in your book many different ways of detoxifying um, you you talk about colonics, which we've already discussed, but there are also things like um, saunas, uh, uh, you know, sweating through the skin. Um, deep breathing is a great way of detoxifying. You mentioned at the beginning, and, and you close your book with a chapter on breathing. Tell us about the importance of breathing. What does it do for our digestion? It is, yeah, it is, it is so simple and so amazing that we don't know how to do it. And actually, uh, it is exercise which relaxes you, which really, um, provides very uh, intensive and very rich blood flow and in, and exchange of all oxygen in, in abdominal area. And, uh, it's, you want, you don't want when you do abdominal breathing, it's like a kind of small meditation because you need to be focused or mindfulness if you want. You need to be focused on this flow of the air if it would be flow of the 
uh, energy or of the, some liquid, you need to visualize it. But once you're breathing consciously, focusing in every movement, but just 10 minutes, it means that you're moving very carefully down and up the diaphragm. So you're doing like internal massage and activate internally all the digestive system and not only because inside of the abdominal area we have also kidneys, we have also uh, uh, other organs, reproductive system, organs, urinary system. So we are just with all these waves of muscular movements and slow breathing, we activate blood flow and we do like internal massage, I, I repeat you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we promote motility, we promote this movement, soft movement of all this digestive tube, long tube we are having inside. So this is uh, very healthy to promote digestion, to promote all the toxic materials from up to down, all the gases, and it is relaxing. When in case of spasms and colics, it is really relaxing. And uh, it's just 10 minutes, couple of times per day, or at least once per day, it works. Just to, to insert it in your life like small ritual. Not to do it once and say it doesn't work. No, I always encourage people to do it at least three weeks in a row in order really we can say it works. Mm -hmm. Yes, and you mentioned um, when you make any dietary changes or any of the improvements that you suggest in your book to give it time because your digestive problems didn't happen overnight. How much time do you think um, people will see a difference? Uh, I always uh, try to to ask for one month or for three weeks and uh, at least one month because it is like to create new... A new routine, a new reflex, which we we normally create when we are small kids. We don't know when to eat, we don't know when to sleep, but uh, our parents teach us that it's the midday, it is lunchtime, that, and then we know that during midday we, we, we want to eat. It's like it's everything was created, like conditioned, it was... It was Educated. So I ask to educate your digestive muscles, your digestive system, and to coordinate those two brains in order they will know this is time to go to bathroom, this is time to eat, this is time to relax, to breathe or to sleep. The body loves to know to to. to to know its agenda, to, to work by hours. Even last studies, it's a little bit out of the subject, but regarding uh, sleeping and insomnia, it, it's very important to go sleep the same hour and not that important the, the, the amount of hours because body knows that at 10 in the evening, it's my time to rest. 
So if you go, if you sleep less hours, you but you go to the bed at the same time, or you eat at the same time, or you go to the bathroom to clean and to evacuate everything which needs to be from your, um, have your bowel movement at the same time. This is perfect. So for that, you need to have discipline at least one month. Interesting, interesting. So this is getting your body into a routine uh, so that it knows what to expect. So what would be one or two top things that we can do now for ourselves to improve our digestive health? I think it's uh, it's very interesting to just, to, first of all, to be more attentive because we really ignore... We never ignore when it, when we have chest pain because we know that better I will not ignore it because it's chest pain. But when it is colic or gas or some pain in in stomach, we we say okay, I, it's nothing. It's just stress. It's just I was eating too too fast. So, but I first I encourage people to observe feeling. What my gut is telling me? Why I have this problem right now? What I did? What I ate? With whom I was? It's just to, to, to start to observe personal character of your digestive brain, of your second brain, and even to have small diary. Uh, if you are bad because you are eating with your, I don't know, mother-in-law, <laughs> or, or if you are upset, uh, you have more gases. And then you will have also, you will be just introducing yourself to, to your other self. It's just to meet to your two realities and two personalities. And to just just to 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 put it in some diary, and then in one two weeks you will be really surprised that there is some uh, some code, uh, some some language which your digestive system has. And uh, uh, I really really encourage people to take time by time probiotics because there are very few people in this modern world who has really balanced micro flora microbiota. Mm-hmm. So some probiotic always help, always uh, increase transit, increase movement in of the digestive uh, system, and helps to to absorb better and to um, digest better. So maybe three months per year to take uh, some probiotic supplements and to start now that could be also good advice and maybe what we were talking with you about fiber intake just to to look to your diet and to see am i really taking fiber or it is just small portion of salad or one apple and i'm thinking mm-hmm. i'm done mm-hmm. just to to be to be more open more curious to experiment not to take it as one obligation more just not, I don't know, to, 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 to have it like a fun, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those small steps. Well, uh, that is absolutely fantastic advice. Um, what is your website? Uh, now we just opened a new website for English-speaking um, uh, public, which is uh, like my name, irinamatvikova.com. Mm-hmm. And it is linked to my Spanish website. So once you're in this 
uh, in uh, site irinamatvikova.com and if you speak Spanish and want to see our activity in Spain, it is it will be um, very easy to, to to find a link. But uh, in general, new website is irinamatvikova.com. I think we need to spell that. It's I R I N A M A T V for Victor E I K O V A dot com. I thank you, <laughs> Irina Matvikova, it, uh, the author of Digestive Intelligence, A Holistic View of Your Second Brain. It has been a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much. Pleasure is mine. Thank you, too. Next week, our guest will be Nomi Bahar talking about her book, Gates of Power. And now we're going to go out on a very upbeat track from John Miller from Nashville, Tennessee. It's called Go Ahead and Laugh About It Now. Don't you hate it when you leave for work and you're already late? Then you catch your reflection and you realize you didn't shave. So you hurry to the bathroom and bang a knee on the way. Then you notice your razor is missing its double A's. No need to moan, no need to groan. You'll soon forget it ever happened. And it happens. Jam. No need to moan, no need to groan. You'll soon forget it ever happened. And how in a hundred years, no one will care. So just go ahead and laugh about it now. Isn't this your off day? No need to moan, no need to groan. You'll soon forget it ever happened. In a hell in a hundred years, no one will care. So just go ahead and laugh about it now. I don't need to moan. No need to groan You'll soon forget it ever happened In a hell in a hundred years No one will care So just go ahead and
Miller with Go Ahead and Laugh About It Now from his album The Next Big Twang. John is a member of the Positive Music Association and you can find his profile on their site at positivemusicassociation.com. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll visit us at ncreview.com in the meantime. But until next week, I'm Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.